Welcome to the Holistic Nutrition Podcast. Today I'm excited to have Alyssa on the podcast with us today to talk about business coaching and mistakes that entrepreneurs can make within their nutrition business. Alyssa is a mother of four, which is exciting, (laughs) and a passionate educator who believes that when we all grow, we become better and that's what we need to move forward within the nutrition world. So pop on the podcast today to find out more. I guess this is a good segue into like who you are and like how you started. Um, so For maybe sure. you can yes. just like jump in and, and share, you know, yeah. with me, but also with um, yeah. everybody listening, you know, like where you started and, you know, how it kind of developed and changed for you. Um, Absolutely. I think yeah. that is a really important um, story that is missing when we go to school or, you know, if you're taking an online course, it's just mm. not really said by other nutritionists, like how much work it can take to arrive at a point to be happy like you said you were miserable and Mm -hmm. I was too when I was consulting so I fully understand you know that statement 100 Mm percent you know so I actually so my background I started in healthcare so I was a young mom and uh, thought I wanted to go into like the nursing route and uh, had started bridging through so in Canada we have something called personal support worker which is like a nurse's aide so I had done that and was in the process of bridging through to nursing and Um, worked in the community and in long-term care, you know, and I just, I saw so many people who were suffering from preventable disease. Yeah. I, you know, I saw like heart attacks and strokes that could have been prevented, mismanaged diabetes, inflammatory conditions. And I was just like, when I would talk to these people as this frontline worker about like, did nobody tell you what you should and shouldn't be eating and, and that sort of thing. And there was just, the answer was like, well, they gave me guidelines or I couldn't stick to it or there was no follow-up or no support. And, and so I ended up dropping out of this idea of working in healthcare, really sick care, and wanted to get into health promotion and decided to become a nutritionist. So that was how I transitioned. Right. I've been teaching nutrition now for 15 years. Wow. And um, I've spent the last 13 years specializing in nutritional therapy for people with cancer. So um, work with a lot of different diseases, uh, seen thousands of clients, um, had big corporate accounts, taught at different colleges. Uh, so I've kind of done all the different things that nutritionists can do. <laughs> <laughs> that's good because that's mm-hmm. one of our questions, as you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that's a, you know, it's, it's interesting, like I said, like how it trans transpires into, mm. you know, the, or I, I'll rephrase this, the way that you have your job lead you in a way down to, down a path that solidifies like where you're meant to be in the nutrition world. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the biggest questions that we got at CSNN when um, I was working in administration was with the incoming students asking all the time, you know, well, what jobs can a nutritionist get? And so, mm-hmm. you know, we would say the whole spiel but you know you've just named a whole bunch but you know that's something I wanted to talk about because a lot of potential students have no idea what we really do you know we work with food but it doesn't have to be just that you know like look at the platform I've created it's still in the nutrition world but it's not directly related to um you know consulting one-on-one or something like that so maybe my question for you is why you chose to do business consulting and coaching as well as still maintaining a um, practice? For sure. I think that's a great question. So there really is, it's a very, 
it's kind of a huge scope of practice. Like there's so many different areas that, that us as nutritionists can go into. And, and I find that, you know, just teaching at the nutrition college and, and working with, you know, other nutritionists from all over the world, I feel like your niche market kind of finds you. Like you, you'll find something that you just are like super passionate about. Um, we're capable of working with a lot of different things, but the reality is we'll kind of find, you know, that niche market for us. And, and that's really, I've, I've dabbled and tried, like I like teaching. Um, I like teaching other people how to grow successful businesses that, you know, gives me a lot of gratification from that. Um, I like entrepreneurship because of the ability to pick and choose <laughs> what I say yes to or no to. Um, and I do maintain a practice because I do like that one-on-one, but it's really about what do I want it to look like? And when I was first building my business, I didn't understand how important it was for me to know exactly what I wanted it to look like. And it ended up becoming incredibly successful but very, very overwhelming. And it was, you know, putting me into practitioner burnout. Um, it was robbing me of time with my family. Uh, and then I had this enormous amount of stress and pressure of trying to juggle all of these balls. So, you know, it is possible to be successful, but you really want to know what exactly you want it to look like as you're doing that. Yeah, that's something, you, you know, when I'm talking to graduates or, you know, people who are coming to me for mm -hmm. advice, you know, I, I always say like, pick the thing that feels the most authentic to you, not only yes. in your business, but also in your life. Because mm. if you're, if you're picking something that doesn't feel right, you're, you're going to hit that wall and you're not going to want to continue yes. to do it and not continue to grow your business. Um, so that's definitely one of the top three for me, um, you know, not following your heart because I think we're all kind of geared when we're in school to head down that consulting path, but not really told that, you know, we can take the, the other routes that are available to us or whatever we want to create out of it too, you know? Um, so that I think for me is one of the top three mistakes that people, you know, might make is just thinking that they have to do a consulting practice once they're out of school and not picking something else. So, do you want to share with me what you think your top three mistakes are that other coaches make? Yeah, for sure. Actually, I wrote them down because I was like, like, I got three that really stand out. So number one mistake, because obviously I teach the business program. So I get a lot of people who've been in practice for a while, not having a lot of success, and then they end up in the business program, as yeah. well as new grads who just haven't had that experience yet. Mm -hmm. So the first mistake, like so many of us make, and I know like, you know, I, I probably check all three mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so I've learned through them is assuming people will come to you yeah. is making that assumption that just by existing, your audience is going to come to you. And that's not true. You know, as health practitioners, we have to position ourselves to be a person of trust, to have relationships, to, um, you know, to, to build up that trust, especially in our community. And then online, it's even more difficult. You've got to add value and be willing to um, give time and energy to help other people. And when you do that and you stand out and you are adding value and you are helping people, you'll find that that will attract your audience. But a lot of my audience is me actually and, and clients and stuff. A lot of times is me actively promoting my business and my services or a workshop or a course, you know, these things don't fill on accident. So I think there's a little bit of this, like, 
I'll put it out there and I hope I get enough people. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, no, you gotta like, it, you cannot assume that people will come to you. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is not having a business plan. I see so many practitioners that really struggle for years and years, uh, never quite become profitable, maybe never build a full-time income. And it's because they just don't, you have to have a business plan, like no profitable business operates without knowing who, who they're, how they're marketing, where their pricing is, uh, you know, knowing uh, who their audience is. And uh, that's like in the business course I teach, that's actually what I teach. What I'm actually teaching is how to build and develop your business plan, but in a way where it can evolve over time. Right. My business is where it started 15 years ago to where it is now. It's completely different. It, it doesn't even... <laughs> yeah. The only thing the same is me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's a, the, like, I mean, that's a, a really excellent point is that it evolves with you as you evolve yes. with your, your business. I mean, like you said, yes. for me, I, I went from consulting. I hated consulting. I had burnout. I couldn't handle the, the emotional mm. energy that it took um, because I'm very empathetic. And like, I just, I, I couldn't bridge that gap. I get it. Um, yeah. And then... I started a meal prep company, uh, which boomed and, you know, I had four people working with me and I was like, oh, it just happened so fast. And then we moved and, and, you know, like the hub was in there too. And so it's, um, the journey is really something that people need to embrace and be ready for. Um, Absolutely. so my, I guess my question on the business plan part is like, how in depth do you think people should be going when they're creating their business plan? Um, you know, I, I err more on the side of, um, making it as simple as possible, you know, not doing like the whole like analytic, like crazy, I'm going to the bank to get a loan kind of business plan. But like you said, yeah. finding your niche, knowing how you're going to market, um, your goals, where you want to be in certain stages in a year mm -hmm. or five years, etc. Um, so that's for me kind of where I start off with, but um, you know, like for you, like how in depth would you say most people need to be? Um, well, a little bit more in that, you know, it definitely doesn't have to be bank in depth because, you know, there, there's a lot of unpredictability that happens in being in business as it is. And I think when we get rigid with our business plan, we can kind of get stuck in expectation of this is how it's supposed to look in the reality is it's, it's going to have a life of its own. It's going to look the way it looks. Right. <laughs> So I think it's, yeah, like knowing who your niche market is, like who is your audience? Who are you speaking to? Who are you adding value to? You know, pricing structure is really important as well. Like how much is your business making? How much are you making? You know, what is getting put aside for, for you know, savings? Understanding the seasons that your business might go through. So like, what are going to be your busy seasons? What are going to be your slow seasons? What are you going to run? What are you going to do during these times? Like, you know, that like kind of having that kind of a plan in place. And then you have your marketing. How are you sharing on social media? What are going to be your platforms? What's going, what is the message that your audience needs to have? You know, are you going to do blog articles? Are you going, you know what, like, what, are you going to write programs? Like, are you going to run program, um, run programs? Are you going to do uh, workshops? Like, it's just, you need to have an idea of what it's going to look like because then you can create a game plan. And if you have a game plan, you can be like, okay, May is coming up. This is the program I'm launching. Right. And this like May is, for example, a really great weight loss time of the year here in Canada. 
<laughs> so you know what I think it's everywhere. Everybody's like <laughs> shed the winter fat and get ready for so swimsuits. <laughs> exactly. So you know, so here we are thinking, okay, so May's a great and May's a really busy season typically for myself. So here's what I'm going to launch and run, and this is what it's gonna look like in May. And then as June hits and we get into more of you know maintenance over the summer, here's what it's gonna look like. And that's what a business plan does, is it allows you to have kind of, you know, you know what you're leading into, you know what you're focusing on. And, and the biggest challenge that entrepreneurs have is just part of being in business is that inconsistency in income. Right. And if you have a proper functioning business plan and it really has to match who you are. And that's why I, I when I started studying business, there was nothing for health practitioners. There was nothing in the holistic industry at all which was why I developed the course is because I had built a successful business and I thought we need to teach people in our industry how to do that. And that's where, where that course actually comes from, but it's building that stable revenue. Uh, and that only comes if you have a game plan in place and your game plan is your business plan. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think the, the income can be the part that's tricky for people because you almost, especially when you're first starting out, like, I mean, yeah. I would say the majority of people when they're first starting out are going to be doing, you know, part-time nutrition, part-time, another business or another job Agreed, yeah. so that they can make ends meet And that leap towards, you know, jumping full speed into your nutrition business is a very scary one for most people. And I think, um, at least for me, when I was starting out, that was probably one of the biggest barriers for me in, in a way to be mm -hmm. successful because I was so scared of putting the faith and the knowledge that I had actually acquired into practice. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's probably not until this year that I'm, well, yeah, I guess so that I'm fully at home running my business and, and really mm -hmm. going for it. Um, yeah. and I think that can make the difference is like putting your feet, your whole mind, body, soul into your practice. I think, can be really important in terms of income. I agree. It, it's my success didn't happen until I was willing to make that leap. And I left a healthcare job with a pension. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. it, and it is scary, but you know, there is a little bit of jumping and building your wings on the way down that's required in business. And, you know, one of the things I've learned, you know, in building like, cause I have a couple different revenue streams and in building all of those revenue streams, necessity, will make you <laughs> successful. And if you have that cushion, a lot of times you won't do the things that you like that make you uncomfortable. You won't step outside your comfort zone, but the moment necessity is attached to it, you are like, okay, what do I need to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's, um, that's a common goal. I think that most, uh, you know, parents go through or most, most people who are living independently from their families yeah. learn really quickly is that you will make money no matter what. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never not paid my bills. Like that's, that's never it. been the case. So as scary it is, as it is to take that leap and to jump forward, I mean, somehow something always has happened to, to make me feel like, okay, I'm good. Mm -hmm. We can keep doing this. And it just gets better and better and better. And you said, like you said, it's like a bit of faith and you'll catch yourself yeah. as you fall. Um, yeah. So I, I do think that's important. And, just, I want to touch on income again, just because mm -hmm. I think that um, teaching people too, how to like set aside money when they have a good month, you know, like, hey, I Absolutely. made 
two grand more than I anticipated. I'm going to tuck that away for, you know, December when everybody's on holiday and they're not coming to you at all. Um, exactly. You know, so I think that's just important to touch on as well. Um, so, I, I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I totally agree. And, and in the, the business program, I actually teach fee structure so that you're actually taking your fee and identifying, well, based on this, this is the percentage that has to go back into my business for those slow times or for those overhead costs. Here's the percentage that I need to get paid. And then here's that percentage that goes into savings. And then, like you said, if there's an additional, you know, what is that? What are you going to do with that? Because a lot of times, you know, as nutritionists and health practitioners, we live so client to client that when things slow down, all of a sudden we've got to go get a job or we're out of the industry. And I've seen so many really brilliant individuals give up because of, of that inconsistency. Yeah. And I think it takes, I mean, to a certain extent, I think it does take an entrepreneurial, like, Oh, totally. Mindset. And, and, you have this mindset, and you have to be ready for those moments that are, yeah. you know, challenging and difficult and just trust in the process. And um, yeah, as you get more successful, it becomes a little bit easier, but yeah. So do you want my third? I do. I was that. Just ask you. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. I'm ready for the third one. <laughs> so the third one's a big one. And it's the one where it's like, I'm not going to sell anything. Okay. If you are in business, if you have services, you are selling something. All right. So I talk a lot and I have an entire webinar that I've done on products and services. And the reason is, is that we really should have, you know, and you can choose whatever product line aligns with who you are and how you want to distribute it and how you, you're compensated. But products and services as practitioners is, is incredibly important. There is no business that should be without them, without both. And I get practitioners all the time in the business course. They're like, well, I don't want to sell products. I don't want people to feel like I'm selling them something. Um, I just want to give them my services. Now, the reality is you're selling them your services. Yeah. And the reason I believe so firmly in, in products and services is because that's how you create a stable income. When I just did services, just did consulting, corporate programs, I would make good money. But the moment I took a break or didn't have new clients, I didn't have, I didn't have any income coming in. Whereas when you carry a product line, you have that income during those times. So product lines with your services allows you an upsell so you can increase your revenue per client but also your, your products are how you hold relationships with people. So when I see somebody, nobody is going to come to me in May and go, oh my gosh, I hope I need three weight loss programs from Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're coming. They're like, she's going to fix me in four weeks. I know it. <laughs> if you can do that, I am in. <laughs> it's, it's not possible, but, but this is the mindset. Like our clients are not coming to us hoping that they have to continually buy programs from us. They really are looking for a solution. They trust us enough to allow us to be that person to coach and guide them. And when that program is done, really you want to still hold a relationship. And I find that with my products, that's how I hold a relationship with my clients because I can do customer care care. I can follow up. I can restock them. I might only see them for one workshop, one program a year, but they'll buy my products every single month. Right. Right. So products are, are that, that place. And you know, when I run workshops, I travel and speak all over Canada. And a lot of times I'll run a workshop when I land in certain cities and I will get a whole bunch of customers that were past clients that are, are the first ones in line 
to get the to join these workshops, these paid for workshops. Whereas if our, my relationship with them had ended when the program ended, they wouldn't that have wouldn't a connection. Be yeah. So, yeah. so it, do you mm -hmm. have an example yeah. of the types of products that you're talking about? So health supplements for sure. Like I, I want to combine health supplements with what I do. I work with the Juice Plus company because the company ships directly to my customers and they have a really great guarantee. Um, as a health practitioner, it's also clinically backed. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, so there's some, th there's some boxes that that product line checked, you know, uh, do your research, find something that resonates with who you are. I work with cancer. It was a product line I could use with my clients during chemotherapy. For sure. So you want to find something that, you know, if consumables good, because again, they're going to need more of their shakes or more of their supplements. Right. Um, and just finding something that really, you know, works for you as a practitioner. And then from there you can wrap. So I have customer care programs around uh, my products. I run a group of, you know, about 1700 people um, that, you know, the moment I want to launch a workshop or sell a class or a course, I can launch it there first and, and fill it if I wanted to. Right. Right. So I, I did, for example, a nutrition and mental health, um, event last night and, you know, we had 70 people on <laughs> in wow. just a few days notice. And, you know, that's, that's the example of that relationship piece. I can still do my services. I can still teach. I can still consult. I can do all of that. But my audience is held through the product line that you choose, really. Well, and it's a great way to, to potentially have more referrals too, right? You're less Absolutely. likely to have somebody be mm. like, oh, Alyssa helped me lose weight. Uh, yep. Hey, so-and-so, you also need to, to get on this. But yes. you can say, oh, I use this product. I really enjoy it. You should come check it out. And I think you're very right in saying that the product is a great way of holding your audience. I agree with it you. It really is. Yeah. And, you know, some people, like you said, will come through the product door and end up becoming clients. Yeah. So it might have been, you know, they were just looking for a smoothie and then they ended up, you know, becoming a, a client or on your next detox or in your next course. And then you get people that are going to come through that client door that then end up on your product. So you're really attracting, you got two doors for people to come in. And you're finding ways to hold, help them to hold that relationship with them and just continue to be that person for them. You know, these group members, I'm the person for them. Yeah. That's initially like uh, probably one reason why I moved more towards meal prep for my mm -hmm. clients. You know, it was a nutrition based meal prep where I would go into their home, prepare meals for them on a weekly basis. And, um, you know, it was a way for me to interact with the client on a weekly basis, know that they're most likely going to be sticking to the plan because the food is in the fridge and having that face-to-face -face interaction with them, like super personal, mm -hmm. you're in their space, you're, you're selling a product, but you know, it's a product and a service all at the same time, like you mentioned, and it works yep. really well, you know, like I still have a couple clients who are now friends, like we travel, we travel together now. And so in, in terms of fulfillment, it feels so much better because I know that practitioners often will feel like, oh, this person gave me money, they haven't succeeded in the program or they didn't follow through. And now I've got all this money, but they haven't gotten out anything out of it. 
and then also, you know, your own creative juices can be in a way almost nullified because this person isn't taking it as seriously as you hoped and you put all this energy into it. Whereas like a product and a service mixture kind of allows you to have um, both of those things without, you know, feeling much of that, um, I don't know what the word would be, anxiety around it or disconnection almost. Well, I think it's the, there's a lot of, oh, sorry, I see my internet's not stable. All right. There's a lot of pressure when you are just a service-based business to keep the faucet on full speed. You're constantly trying to attract new clients, you know, and we never want to stop attracting new people. Don't get me wrong. Like I always want new people, but when you're service-based, that has to be on, the faucet has to be on full speed. When you add a product line, you're plugging the tub. Mm. You're giving a reason for these guys to hang around, right? You still naturally, your business will still naturally exfoliate, but you're plugging the tubs. You can, you don't have to necessarily keep that, that faucet on full speed. You can start to look after all the people that you have, which I believe as practitioners is our job. Our job is to lead people and guide them and be a support system for them, however that looks for you. And I, I just, I'm able to really successfully do that and, and build a very, very healthy income just from that one stream, you know, by having good quality products that my clients want to use, you know, month after month. Right. Yeah, it's a great, a great piece of advice, I think, for people yeah. starting out. And it's a great way to, like, when somebody is first starting out, Maybe they're not comfortable consulting, but the the practice, yes. um, yeah, the product itself gives them a way of you know reaching out to people and saying, "Hey, like, Agreed. this is a great product," and then maybe start practicing in consulting mm-hmm. after that part. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I- um, I'm just seeing that your internet is choppy. Yeah, I'm just looking here. Let me just. Make sure my mom is not on it. Not <laughs> <laughs> the internet. Doesn't matter how old you are, you will still right. text your mom. <laughs> I'm on the phone. Oh, teenage life. <laughs> I have four children at home, so I was like, you know what? I can go have coffee with my mom and yeah. do my work here. And uh, but I'll just double check, and I don't think she is. So let me know if it gets worse again. Yeah, no, it seems to be okay right now. Um, anyway, so that's a good segue. So you started off, like you said, in yeah. healthcare. What made you transition over to become a cancer practitioner? Because that's pretty, I, I feel like for me, like I said, uh, energetically, I, I don't know if I could do it. It, it. You know, it wasn't something I thought I wanted, to be honest. So I had a, a functioning practice and I, when I would get people with cancer that would contact, I would like send them to a naturopath. Like I was not confident in any way uh, in, in doing that, in, in um, working with people with cancer. My mother-in-law ended up diagnosed and because of my healthcare background and then being a nutritionist, uh, she got diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. And it was a very, very aggressive form of cancer by the time 
we had discovered it. And uh, she really kind of didn't want to make a decision without me being a part of that. And we had a really close relationship. So I just thought, okay, you know what, I need to dig into this. So I just started researching and reading and learning about treatments, like the medical treatments. And and unfortunately, she did pass, but in that, she had gifted me with this passion to help people go through this process. Because if there's not advocates out there talking to us about what we should be eating and supporting us and just, you know, these natural health practitioners in our corner, if there's not people there, then all of these people that are being diagnosed are being left unsupported. Right. So I chose to specialize in that. I spent years and years studying, reading, taking courses, and then... I was already teaching the business program at Edison Institute of Nutrition. And uh, Lynn Hinton is one of the owners and we got onto this conversation around both of us have a very strong mutual passion for helping people through the cancer process. Um, and we just thought, you know what, we need to teach it. So it, it, we've been teaching it now, I think six or seven years. Um, and what we're, the goal of this course is really just to uh, equip natural health practitioners and build their confidence and help them understand because every cancer client, their case is very unique. Their treatment protocols are very unique. A lot of times you're working alongside medical treatments, which can be very difficult on our clients' bodies. Um, So we just wanted to create a program that allowed practitioners to have that confidence. Right. And this yeah. is continuing education program through Edison, correct? It is. Online. Yep. And it counts. Yeah, absolutely. It's online. So we do see how students log in internationally. Uh, it runs over three months and uh, we do virtual classes and case studies. And then there's videos and texts. It's, it's an intense program, uh, but the students graduate feeling so knowledgeable and just their confidence grows. Uh, and we're really equipping practitioners to support a very vulnerable part of our society right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, cancer diagnoses are climbing you know, at an incredibly scary rate. And we talk not just about how to work with people through cancer, but, but how to put cancer prevention in all your programs, you know, how to educate on that. Mm-hmm. So it's really equipping practitioners to be able to have conversations around the prevention end, but also to, to help individuals navigate, you know, that process. It's really interesting. I, and I do agree with you. Like, obviously, cancer is increasing very, very mm-hmm. quickly. I mean, most yes. of us know somebody or who have, ha, has lost somebody. I just lost my stepfather last year mm-hmm. um, to cancer, lung cancer, very aggressive. Mm-hmm. By the time they found it, you know, it was three months uh, from start to yeah. finish. Um, so in those, in those cases, like, I don't know if there was anything that we could have done at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it is a, it is a, a pretty, for me, it, it's very, you know, it's a hard work and I really commend you for it, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And you know, sometimes it's not about curing. Like we definitely have clients who have amazing recoveries because what nutrition does is it doesn't necessarily treat the cancer. What nutrition does is it, it provides the body with the ability to heal and repair. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, sometimes like we see full recoveries a lot, but we also, you know, I've never had a client, even with late stage terminal cancer, not have an improvement in quality of life, whether that life was extended or the symptoms were reduced or, you know, that the power, that healing power of what we put into our body So, you know, the more people that we can have equipped to do this, you know, we, we could potentially with this knowledge 
have a, a massive impact on the, the future cancer rates if we're teaching prevention. Right. You know, it's believed what 80% of cancers are preventable. Right. So we could have a huge impact on prevention. We could have a huge impact on survival and we can definitely have a huge impact on quality of life for these people. Right. Yeah. And how much you, you, you uh, touched on integrating some of these, you know, protocols or, or information that you learn in this course into your regular practice. Um, you know, like, are you talking about like increased antioxidants and stuff like that? So it, it's really focusing on that whole food plant-based diet. So teaching people the healing power of plants, not making them vegetarian or vegans if they're not ready to go there. Uh, but helping them to get, you know, 80% of their calories from the plant kingdom to, you know, help to, them to navigate healthy eating without eating processed foods. To talk to them about the, the different dimensions of health, you know, that mental emotional piece, that spiritual piece, you know, the environmental piece, the toxicity piece, you know, so it really comes from all kinds of different areas. But the foundation is, you know, if your nutrition is poor, you can have healthy thoughts, <laughs> you can clean with natural cleaning stuff, but your nutrition is your foundation of health. Like every single function of your body requires a nutrient to be present and the quality of your nutrition builds that strong foundation so that you can have, you know, good fancy windows and doors in your house, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. are the other pieces. So it, it's really just getting that foundational you know, steering away from fad diets and really teaching people about lifestyle, teaching them about what we know prevents disease uh, and, and helping them to integrate it. Because a lot of times our, our clients are coming to us with fast paced, high stressed, crazy busy lives. And that's why you were doing food prep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so these guys are coming to us and it's like, okay, like there's like 10 things that need to change, but let's start here. And here's why. And as practitioners, our job is to educate our clients. We, we want to leave them better off than when we met them. And yeah. we only do that if we share knowledge and equip them to make better choices. Yeah, exactly. And that I think is one of my biggest take takeaways as a coach or as a consultant is, you know, like how, how can I present the information that I know <laughs> yeah. in a bite-sized way that my client is actually going to understand it. And one thing that I learned when I was consulting was, you know, we get this idea from, you know, when we do our case studies at school that we just here's our package, have it, you know, I'm here if you need mm -hmm. me, but it's really not that simple. Like it's, here's a bite-sized piece of information, master yep. that please. And then we'll go on to um, moving on to the next stage because nutrition is 80%, I think of, of wellness and then movement and stress reduction and the mind body connection. Like you said, Sean and I actually, um, Sean's a personal trainer and so we have many discussions about what's more important, nutrition or exercise. But we nutrition have by far. A hundred percent. I always win on this one. Um, because we we made this diagram, you know, stress up in one corner, nutrition, exercise, and I, I can't remember what the fourth one is. But it always kind of led back to nutrition. Because mm -hmm. if you're stressed out, that's cool, but you need to be taking stuff to kind of counteract that and eating over in the nutrition section. 
um, you know, and your movement's not gonna, you're not gonna recover as well. And there's That's so many right. parts to it, you know, like what we put in our body. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, we're preaching to the choir here. We're preaching to <clears throat> nutritionists, but I mean, <laughs> for me, it's like what you put in your body is exactly how it's gonna, you know, how your whole worldview yeah. is gonna change in a way. Um, it's, it's really, nutrition's quite the rabbit hole, really, you know, like it is. You dive in and you mention, you know, toxins and then you start finding about what's put on your food and in your food. And um, and that's where like if you have a good product line and you have like I just have a system set up for customer care with the product line. And that includes, you know, lots of lifestyle education. So a program is kind of like if you're working with someone one on one, it's like they're taking a course. It's like mm-hmm. an intense four week, six week course with you. And then you're going to move them into kind of that maintenance, but you're going to continue to still feed them. You're going to keep giving them education. And that's why if your business ends at your service, you're really only just kind of scratching the surface with your clients. You can't, you're not having the impact that you could have if you can transition them into a place where you're just holding that relationship and continuing that education. Hmm. For sure. I, I think that's probably like for for me, I mean, that definitely resonates with me. Um, I never looked at my meal prep as more than a service, but in a way it would have been that thing to hang on to the client week after week after week. Um, so it's a good, good way of looking at it. I've never looked at it that way. So thank you for that. It's, um, great advice. Um, so on that, what's your Mm -hmm. one, piece of advice or what did I say here I had a I had a thing uh well anyways what's the one piece of advice or um you know that could blow somebody's mind oh I'm gonna write down it because I I I liked this question this morning um mm. so I wrote down success comes from having a plan and consistently working it Yes. So, you know, it, it's, if you really want to build this to a full-time income, you know, I, I've been very blessed by this industry. I've been able to uh, put my kids in private school. I've been able to, um, you know, live in the country in our dream home. I've been able to bring my husband home full-time. <laughs> so he's a, you know, I was able to gift our kids with their dad. And you know, this is 15 years, like don't judge my chapter 15 to your chapter one for sure. Right. But the only thing, when I look back at what allowed me to get to this point, it was definitely a lot of resiliency and it was definitely a lot of, you know, having vision and, and just being, you know, um, prepared to do the work to reach the destination. Cause you know, I'm living what my goals were 15 years ago. Right. But I think it's that, you know, you will not achieve the success you're looking for, or you may only achieve temporary success if you don't have a plan in place, a game plan in place, you know, that's going to get you towards that destination. And if you don't, if you're just not willing to be consistent, you know, success does not come from touching your business once or twice a week. Success comes from touching your business every single day. And from having income producing activities and having a game plan that's in place. And I think that's been the only reason um, that I've been as blessed as I have been in this industry and been able to impact as many people as I've been able to impact, which is true to who I am. I just want to have impact. I want to 
change lives and educate people and motivate them. Uh, and there's been a lot of tough times. There was a lot of times, I remember at one point, my husband was like, you need to get a job. <laughs> That's usually me in our conversations between our husband. It's like, I need to get a job, this isn't working. <laughs> like, I'm unemployable, you gotta understand this. <laughs> I can't have any other job. It's not, it's not going to work, but you know, so there, it, it, success, it comes from, you know, hitting those challenging times and just figuring out how to get through them. Because what happens is as you grow, your business grows, you are the lid on your business, right? So if you're a four, your business will never exceed a three, but if you can grow and stay consistent and, you know, do that personal development and have that game plan and get to a five, your business goes to a four. And when you get to a six, your business goes to a five. And just understanding that, you know, it sometimes isn't instant gratification. Most often it's not. And I know a lot of people look at other successful practitioners. They're like, well, tell me how you did it. Well, I worked every single day. <laughs> yeah. And I had a game plan in place and I knew what I was working towards. Yeah. Right. So I think that would be kind of my advice. That's a good one. I think too many of us go into this thinking that, you know, everything's going to come to us on a little silver spoon. Like you said, people are going to come to us and, and we expect them, you know, we expect them to, we have the knowledge they're going to come to us, you know, but it is really going out there, you know, offering yeah, workshops, webinars, connecting with other practitioners, um, social media is a huge one. Instagram mm -hmm. is, for us anyways, is like a huge uh, place where we have a great following. It's about the right age bracket. Um, so knowing which social media to use too, depending on what your specialization mm -hmm. is. There's so many little pieces that you learn along the way. And until you actually invest the time in it, you don't really see how all these little pieces work. Um, you know, here's an example. I'll, I'll give an example. Uh, Facebook. We haven't done much on Facebook because we were moving to Switzerland from Canada and uh, I was working just to try and learn French and all of these things and um, we hadn't done much work on on the hub or anything and, and so I started you know just posting once or twice in the last week and you know we got 40 new followers just from you know organic traffic posting and it popping up on somebody's feed and they're like oh and I think the part that we kind of forget is that new people are going to start looking at our stuff, you know, like mm -hmm. there's a whole between last year and this year, there's a whole slew of people who have just graduated in nutrition or, or whatever. And so to tap into these different markets and make sure that you stay on top of them, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, cause that's really important. And again, it's maintaining that relationship. What can you give to these people in the interim that are going to hold them, um, you know, with us in a way? Absolutely. Well, and sometimes it's like, it's like growing. It's like your children growing or, you know, kids have growth spurts and stuff. Like you don't necessarily see it until you look back. And you're like, wow, over the last six months, like, wow, we, I really, so give yourself permission to, to recognize where you've done well and what's working. And, you know, I think as, as entrepreneurs and sometimes, you know, it's just as individuals, we can be hard on ourselves and, oh, you know, I'm not where I want to be yet, but yeah, but make sure you're taking, you know, uh, into consideration how far you've come, those little accomplishments, a new client here, or a new program or, 
you know, new following on social media. I personally, I, I don't use Instagram very often. Um, Facebook's my jam. That's where all my mom friends are. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I've been able to run incredibly successful programs through Facebook groups. Yeah. Where, you know, like I'll be like, Hey, who wants to do a 21 day sugar detox? And there's 250 people in that group in 12 hours. And now I have this captive audience to build a relationship with. So you're right. Every, your, your platform will be different depending on who you are and how you're showing up. Comparison will take the joy out of your business. Looking at how somebody else's, you know, will totally, and trying to copy other people, pay attention, learn from them, but make it your own. Yes. Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, Sean and I in both of our businesses, I mean, between the two of us, we've started six different businesses now, but it's, <laughs> Amazing. yeah, it's just like, like you said, like we said at the beginning, it's like how it transforms and what it turns into and, um, you know, what we've learned and all of these things. Um, what was I going to say? Sorry, I have fibromyalgia and my fibro brain catches on and I'm like, I don't know what I was actually going to say. It's okay, I got products for that. I'll throw them in my group. Thank you. Just send me an email. Um, I did have coffee oh. to help with that, but anyways, we'll just leave that I got it. out of the... It's fine. It was good. <laughs> there we go. Um, so I'm going to ask you, what is yes. your... I never included this in our notes for this morning, but... Yeah. We'll, we'll start with what's your least favorite part about coaching? Ooh, um, I think my, my least favorite part is when someone's not willing to do the work and they want to blame everyone else for it. And that's hard. Like we all have stuff. We all have programs. Um, so I don't take it personally. You know, if someone didn't get results on my program. I, I don't, it's not my fault. Like I know what I'm teaching is scientifically proven and I'm here to offer support. I, I, I just, I heard a little bit for them that they're not achieving the results. I see a lot of people sabotage their results. So they'll start to get really, really great results. And then, you know, because they're growing and evolving, they throw the brakes on and, and that's hard to watch as well. Yeah. Um, you know, some people think they want to be well or want to lose weight until they start to. So I think that's probably my least favorite, but I've learned to recognize that it's actually not about me. Yeah. I think that was, um, where I struggled with consulting as well as, you know, somebody mm -hmm. coming to you being seemingly ready Yes. You, you being there for them and ready for them and mm -hmm. offering your services to them and then mm -hmm. having it in a way backfire because you, you almost feel like that responsibility is on you. Like, what did I not offer them? You know, mm -hmm. what psychologically did I miss? There's so many little pieces to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it can really hit you in a negative way. But then if you can create that space between yourself and the person that you're consulting with it's I think really important to acknowledge that it's has absolutely nothing to do with you like you said or me or anybody yeah, you know if it. somebody's really ready they're they're going to be ready um mm -hmm. there's the you know there's the 20 percent that are just never going to be ready there's the 80 percent that you can maybe get to do a well okay 20 70 and then the 10 that actually 
are successful with you and work. I was like, wait, math doesn't add here. <laughs> so yeah, like I think yeah, yeah. Um, that is a really important part of it. And I think something that we don't talk enough about when we discuss, you know, our relationships with clients when we're working, um, you know, business coaching or whatever is just saying like, there is a negative side to this. And there is work that you need to do on yourself too, in order to prepare yourself to be ready to consult with somebody. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's sometimes there's some hard conversations and if you're afraid of confrontation, (laughs) I don't have that problem. So like, I've (laughs) never had a problem being to say it as it is, but, but I understand like, you know, the difficulty in navigating those conversations, especially when somebody's disappointed and they want to reflect that disappointment on you when the reality is they're disappointed in themselves. Um, that's tough. It's really tough. So yeah, it it is probably my least favorite, but it's part of the business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think being connected to other practitioners is really important in in curbing that negative emotion. As long as you're not connecting with people who want to roll around in the mud with you. That's one thing I've learned. You have to find people that want to give you a ladder and get you out of the hole. Um, versus people who want to roll around in the mud. So just, you know, when you're having those conversations and looking for those, I have an amazing support system and I got friends that will call me on my stuff and they'll be like, really, Liz? (laughs) But I need that in my life because if I get stuck hanging out in the mud, I'm going to continue to attract that energy into my business and attract those situations. Whereas if I can learn and have people that are going to help me rise above it, those situations show up less often in my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something, you know, I'm fortunate because Sean, you know, works on his business at home and we are both rah, 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 and we can figure out what we're doing together or coach each other, which is really yeah. positive because my, that's cool. It's just right here. Um, yeah. But you know, if I, I did see CSNN online and I didn't really feel like mm. I, I connected with anybody who was also taking the program. But like you said, I, I was fortunate to have already worked mm-hmm. in a in a wellness sphere where I had friends or I had people who were already in the industry. And a lot of them weren't practicing for all the reasons that we touched on before. Um, totally. But finding those people who are like, I really believe in you and have you know, backup. And it doesn't have to be another nutritionist. It can be, like you said, somebody call you on your BS and be like, this isn't you. Like, come on, like you've got this. And this one client really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, you know, just let it go and and have it. And, you know, if they give you a bad review, they give you a bad review and you say, well, too bad. Like this is just life, you know? That's right. Absolutely. So then that's the negative one, but I wanted to leave off on your favorite part of being a coach. Um, I think it's impact. I, you know, the, uh, I, I came into, I went into healthcare because I wanted to help people. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've definitely um, been very lucky to, to be able to touch a lot of lives in this career. I get to travel and speak and lecture and, you know, be online and run programs and, Um, none of that is about my ego. None of that is about, Oh, you know, look at what I've accomplished. It's to me at the end of the day, it's knowing that a mom is equipped to make better choices for her kids, 
somebody who's sick is now, you know, feeling more empowered and in control, less fearful around a situation. Um, teaching other practitioners how to go out there and be successful because that's like the army of <laughs> wellness warriors that are out there that are out there doing the work that we know our society so desperately needs. So to me, my favorite part is just knowing that the work that I'm doing is really having a positive impact on lives of other people. And I, I think as entrepreneurs, you know, we, the work or even just as individuals, even if you're an employee, the work, we're supposed to be helping people. We're supposed to be showing up for, you know, our community. And uh, this is such a great opportunity to do so, you know, through wellness and, and inspiring people. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you've done your job, you've positively impacted someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's it. I mean, ultimately, mm -hmm. I think why a lot of us, I mean, I would say one of two things. <clears throat> You're either coming into this industry to help people or because yeah. of your own health uh, issues to then turn around and help those people within that sphere. Um, you know, and when I first started the hub, I was like, oh, I'm not going to be, you know, impacting people the same way. But then I was like, well, yeah, you are because you're literally helping every nutritionist help all those people. Yes, yes. I am totally <laughs> helping everyone then. And it's, um, it's a lot more rewarding for me in a way to uh, offer the support to other nutritionists, you know, from the mistakes I've made and really yes. hope that the, you know, maybe 80% of practitioners that don't continue on to have a business um, to hopefully help them succeed because then, yes. you know, we can become a, you know, more regulated industry and be recognized by more, you know, governing bodies or people mm -hmm. who just think we're um, snake oil salespeople, mm -hmm. um, you know, just to really solidify, you know, what we know and what we feel is right in our industry. So that uh, I agree absolutely and you guys provide such a cool service in that you're taking a lot of the the work the time work out of running a successful practice that's what I loved when I looked at your business I was like oh this is so like if this had been around 15 years ago I probably would have been more successful more quickly uh, because all of this work that you guys are doing like you are simplifying how to run a successful business and that's cool yeah. Yeah, and thank you so much. Um, that's really, I think the biggest challenge for me was, you know, okay, so you look at pricing your business mm -hmm. and how much money you need to be making per hour after all of your expenses, right? And by the time you've put together your meal plan and you don't have automation in any way, shape or form, how many hours did you just lose there? You know, you have to revise yeah, the, the meal plan, revise the recipe thing, revise all of these things. Um, and so that's actually one of the biggest things that I coach is, you know, you may be putting money out front in terms of yeah. the automation aspect of it, but the amount of money that you're going to make back from using Absolutely. these services, whether it be, you know, the hub, I'm just going to plug that yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> the meal planning yeah. application, um, mm -hmm accounting software, you know, it's probably not necessary when you have 10 clients, but once you have more, those things are going to save you miles of time and uh, time is money. Like I hate that saying in a way, but, but it's true. It's true. So, yep. um, you know, well, you, you can be busy, busy working in your business or you can be busy working on your business. 
Yeah. And they're, they're two different. The on your business will make you money. The in your business will keep things going. Yeah. 100%. And that's how you, in the end, end up being successful is that's right. being able to take that shift, you know, like mm-hmm. don't be in it, be on it. And you, you got it. That's awesome. Got Amazing. Well, well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you. That was an awesome talk. I really enjoyed um, <laughs> listening to you.